everybody. This is the Relationship Burrito Podcast. My name is April. I'm Marcus. We are so glad that you are joining us again for our newest episode. Um, but first, we want to share a few tidbits with you. So, Marcus, take that away. All right. Business Corner. Hey, go to Apple iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And go ahead and hit that five stars so we can move up in the rankings. You can also find us on Spotify if Apple iTunes isn't your thing. Uh, we are the Relationship Burrito on both. Um, apparently, there was an old uh, podcast on Spotify called The Relationship Burrito with Kat and some other guy. And they did one episode and then they never did it again. That was like three years ago. Um, so that one still shows up and so you have to um, but ours is still on there too so the relationship read on Spotify and on Apple iTunes and then you can join us on the socials at Facebook on the relationship burrito on Twitter at the underscore RB underscore podcast and on Instagram the relationship burrito podcast join us on the socials be a part of the crowd yeah so Marcus how has your week been going so far um, I'm sick, so <laughs> it's okay. Um, I don't get sick very often, so um, it's an interesting thing. But I've not been feeling well today, or actually all week. And um, I am off on Sundays and Mondays, and so we were at church on Sunday. Uh, probably Sunday night, I started not feeling too good. I was off Monday, and then Monday night, I still wasn't feeling good. And... So I texted my boss and said, hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to stay home tomorrow. And he said, well, I need some minutes from our last board meeting. So I said, okay, well, I'll come in. So I went to work on Tuesday morning and got the board meeting minutes. And then I had one other project to do. And I was sitting at my desk and my boss was in his office. And I sneezed or coughed or something. And he had already had a mask on because, you know, he's paranoid i guess and i'm sick so he had a mask on um so i sneezed or coughed or something and then he said do you need to be here all day <laughs> hint, hint. and i'm like no i'll go home and so i left so after about two and a half hours at work i left went home uh tuesday stayed home yesterday all day had a board meeting via zoom um, our board meetings are on Zoom anyway, so it was easy to do that. Um, and then I went back to work today, and oh, my office was a pigsty, but that's a whole separate issue. So <laughs> I'm not feeling well, but I'm alive, so I'll take it. One thing I just want to mention that I'm really proud of you. When you get sick, you know, I <clears throat> a lot of men are like they they're like big babies when they get sick, and you you don't do that. I mean, you you don't you you're not your us usual peppy self, but. You don't like look for sympathy or act like you can't do anything because you still are, are very hardworking even when you're not feeling well. So I'm very proud of you for not acting like a big baby <laughs> when you're sick. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So, but he definitely, I know you definitely don't, are not feeling the best. But it is, um, just to put it out there, it is not coronavirus symptoms either. It's just nope. probably colds. You probably just have a, a cold, a bad cold, or maybe some sinus crud going on or something. I don't know. So excuse me if you hear my sniffles. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll excuse you this time. So, but yeah, so you've, you've had a, a decent week besides feeling sick. My week has been... Um, 
you know, it's been it's been okay. I mean, last week I had a student um, who was five years old give me the bird in class, and so you know that was a that was a fun experience. I don't think I talked about that last week, but um, maybe I did. I don't remember. But anyways, so you know, like that's just another. I can check that one off my teaching bucket list, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> the rest of the week has gone fairly smooth and um it's i'm just thankful that the week is almost over because i look forward to my weekends um but yeah so i you know things are things are going pretty good i just i'm counting down the days though until thanksgiving break because we have a whole week off and it's gonna be a glorious glorious week Plus, you get to take some time off so we can spend some extra time together and we will have some visitors with us during that week. My parents are going to be visiting for Thanksgiving and they're going to come to Florida for some R&R and some vacation time and to spend some time with us. So we are excited about that. So speaking of my parents, so I wanted to clear one thing up from our last episode, our last series. Um, that this was This is Corrections Corner. Corrections Corner. <laughs> yeah. This is us, the series we called This Is Us, where Marcus and I, if you are just tuning in and you don't know anything about what we're talking about, you're going to have to rewind. I mean, you're going to have to go back a few episodes um, and listen in. But we talked about our relationship and how we met and the struggles and the victories that we have had in our relationship over the past 17 years. Uh, one struggle that we, we did talk about quite a bit is that... Um, my parents weren't super excited about Marcus and I's relationship at the beginning of our relationship and into probably the first, I don't know, two or three years. But um, one thing I did want to just mention is that that relationship with my parents is much different now. Um, we are on much better terms. A lot has been forgiven. Um, a lot has been, we have a lot, a lot has been talked over and you know we've we've just had a lot more conversations and now it's not really much of a thing anymore as far as like I mean they kind of have figured out that he's here to stay so <laughs> they are much more um obviously accepting of that idea and so yeah anyways um I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody was <laughs> wondering about that <laughs> and so um yes so in fact you know I, there's one story real quick that i marcus a couple years ago when I, sorry marcus, okay, get off your phone <laughs> uh anyways um for our i believe it was our 15th wedding anniversary or was it 10th i think it was our 15th i think you, you had tell the story. I don't know. You had gone to my dad, and you want we wanted to do sort of a wasn't I didn't we didn't really want to call it a vow renewal, but we wanted to just to kind of recreate our wedding so that my dad could have the opportunity to walk me down the aisle. And so my my Marcus brought that idea to my dad, and my dad was very much for that idea and really um, pretty excited about that, um, and said yes, I would love to sort of take that role and that responsibility and and do it um in a recreated wedding scenario unfortunately that it the wedding never happened like the the recreated wedding ceremony never happened and just it, nothing bad it just just didn't come to fruition but 
the fact that my dad was willing to to do that meant a lot to me so anyways um yeah so that was just kind of wanted to throw that out there because i feel like that was a big part of the story that needed to be uh cleared up so anyways but tonight we are going to dive into something that for me is a very scary topic because i am I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say I'm uneducated, but I'm just not very knowledgeable and well-versed in this topic. So, Marcus, what is the topic we are going to speak about tonight? We're talking about politics. Aye, aye, aye. (laughs) We are talking about politics. Um, We're recording this on Thursday. Uh, We usually record on Wednesday. The election... Happened on Tuesday. On Tuesday. And so... Yesterday we were tired, but I thought, well, you know, if we give it another day, we'll know who the president is. As of now, we still don't know who the president is. Um, Last I checked, um, Joe Biden was leading in Nevada and Arizona. Um, Donald Trump is leading in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia. Uh, but Georgia is virtually tied. I think there's less than 2,000 votes separate them in Georgia. Uh, Pennsylvania's at like 74,000, but closing. Um, North Carolina is a little larger uh, gap there. But we still don't know who, uh, if Donald Trump will serve another four years or if Joe Biden will be the president-elect. Um, it's looking like... Joe Biden is going to win um, if he maintains his lead in Arizona and Nevada. He will win. That'll get him to 270, and he'll be okay. Um, if he wins Pennsylvania, that automatically puts him at 270, and anything else after that is on icing on the cake. So Donald Trump is in a uh, underdog position in that he has to win Pennsylvania, Georgia, and North Carolina, and Arizona or Nevada in order to get another term. This is where Marcus's mathematical brain comes into uh, into good use. That's where we're sitting with that currently. But I wanted to talk about politics because, you know, it's really not something that you talk about in relationships. You know, you sort of get, get married and... You don't really talk about it. I mean, you know, growing well, up, we we should we don't know that we I don't talk true. about it. We didn't really talk about no. it much because um, I think, and I think part of it is when you grow up as a Christian, for the most part, you, or at least when we were younger, I think it's changed now. But when we were younger, Christians were Republicans. That's mm-hmm. just what it was. If you were a Christian, you were a God-fearing Christian, you are a Republican. Jesus is a Republican. I don't know. But um, <laughs> that's just how it was when you were growing up. And so if you grew up in the church and you married somebody in the church, chances are you were both working on the same wavelength. And it may not be a conversation that you had to have. Um, and so we've been married 17 years. And I think for the first... I think so. So for the first, I guess, five mm-hmm. years, we sort of were on the same wavelength, and then things changed for me, I'll say. Um, I'll let April speak for herself. Um, I, traditionally, and I'm a registered Republican. 
I register as a Republican because I do believe um, in some conservative values. I believe in, um, you know, fiscal responsibility. Um, I believe that the U.S. does not need to be the world police for everything. I know we are the largest um, force in the world, so we do have to come in and and do some things. Um, I do believe in not high taxes um, or too much regulation, uh, but socially, I guess I'm more liberal. Um, I believe government does exist to help people and the government has a role in people's lives. Um, And so traditionally, when I was growing up, the very first president that I voted for was, let me think about this, because I'm an old man now. Um, So uh, uh, (laughs) 95 was my first election. And so that would be um, the Bill Clinton, Bob Dole election. I think I got that right. If I don't 1995? Have it right, yeah. Okay, so I wasn't old enough to vote yet. Or it was in 96, I think. I still wasn't old enough to vote. It was in 96, <laughs> but in 95, I was of age. So in 96, it was Bill Clinton versus Bob Dole. Bob Dole was the Republican. And you voted in that? And I voted. That was my okay. first election. And I voted for Bob Dole because that's what you do. You're a Christian, mm-hmm. you vote Republican. <coughs> and after Bob Dole was... Uh, George W. Bush, and I voted for him both times. Um, and then in 2008, along came um, President, or at the time, Senator Obama and John McCain. And 2008 is when uh, the economy tanked. You know, we we cut taxes and we gave everybody tax breaks and corporations got richer and then everything fell apart and not solely because of the tax breaks, but everything fell apart. The housing market collapsed. We lived in Vegas at the time and all of a sudden there were empty homes all over town because people were getting foreclosed on left and right. I managed to survive for two years after that. Lost my job in 2010. And then I was out of work for two years. And I just think some of the policies that George Bush had in place fed into um, the recession and helped exacerbate it. And so I thought, as the new election came around, that John McCain, great guy, war hero, Uh, But he would just continue the same policies that Bush had done, which got us into the mess in the first place. And so for the first time, I voted for a Democrat as the uh, presidential candidate. Now, I vote both sides. I vote Republicans. I vote Democrats. I vote for who I think is going to do the best job, um, you know, depending on the position. And so Obama was the first Democrat I voted for. I voted for him in 2008. I voted for him in 2012. Um, and so that may, will probably be shocking to some of the evangelical conservatives out there because, you know, some of them feel a certain way. So 
that's where we were. Feel free to jump in anytime you want to. Well, I, I'll just say that um, I remember in ninth grade reading through a government, uh, what do they call it? It was a government, uh, government class, uh, ninth grade. I can't remember the title of the class, but it was a government class. And I remember resenting having to read that book because I could care less. I really had no desire to learn about the government. I really had no desire to, and I don't know, maybe that's just a young, the young kid in me, or, you know, just being a freshman in high school and just kind of feeling overwhelmed with high school as it was. But um, I really, and this maybe this is shocking to other people, but I really could care less about the government most of the time. I just, I'm like, you, you you got yourself into this mess. You figure it out. Like you're the one that ran for the for the position. You figure it out. And so, most of the time, I really, I don't pay attention a lot, and I am not uh, super. Like I said before, I, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm uneducated. I just don't know the ins and outs of politics and government, mainly because I just don't care and I don't know if it's because it's like the artsy and creative side of me like I've got other things to do I don't I don't find interest in sitting on the TV watching CNN or reading news articles or I mean I'll just put it out there I'd rather watch The Walking Dead or The Bachelorette just because to me that's way more interesting and um, I don't know partly it's just because my my job I just need to come home and not you know, but there are things, I mean, this year definitely has, in the last four years have been, um, I've been paying attention a lot more. I don't, I still don't know everything and there's certain <clears throat> questions and things that I, that I have, um, about certain things. And thankfully I have a husband who is very well versed and loves to read news and political articles and is very, uh, educated in, that so we have had over this especially over this last year we have had many 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 conversations about um and actually i think it really just started around when george floyd um was was um i don't know depends on how you i want, would say murdered murdered but... <laughs> some people you know like yes yeah, murdered um and you know we we had many conversations around that so i think that's kind of when our you know because i that that just sparked a lot of questions in myself and wanting to know from Marcus's perspective. Um, you know, he's, we have very different perspectives, especially since how we grew up, you know, and him, he's black and I'm white. I grew up in a very white suburban, uh, neighborhood. It was not really, um, I don't want to say it wasn't that it wasn't around black people because that that's not true either because of where I went to church in South Minneapolis um, and I had a white pastor and a black pastor so I wasn't it's not like I wasn't exposed to the black culture or um, those types of things but um, I, you know it's just been interesting to hear Marcus's perspective because my it's very very different from mine and we just grew up so differently and so um, you know I've just been a lot more curious and asking a lot more questions about you know how he sees the world and um so yeah so anyways that's kind of my my interest in politics and just kind of some of our um national um issues that we are currently currently facing i'm definitely a lot more interested in i think that just has come with maturity <laughs> there's still certain things i'm like i don't care <laughs> figure it out once again you ran for the, the office you figured out that's your job that's why we voted you in so 
Anyways. And I'm the opposite, as you can tell. I love politics. <sighs> if I could have a job sitting on television talking about politics. Oh, commentating all day long. I would take it. He'll talk your ear off if you want to sit and listen. <laughs> to me, that would be a great job. Um, but I, I like politics because I, and I don't want to say other people don't care. I But I care, I care about what's going on in the world and the world that we're going to leave behind for um, my daughter and my future grandkids and so I care about those things and so um, that brings us to where we are currently which is where we're waiting for um, to see who will be president for the next four years uh, Donald J. Trump or Joseph R. Biden Um, that's where we are and I will just say I have no shame in it I voted for Joe Biden um, oh, good. Oh, I was just gonna say I did not. She did not. <laughs> I voted for Kanye West. You didn't know he's not on the ballot in Florida. I wrote him in. You didn't know. <laughs> did you? <laughs> you will never know because you didn't go voting with me that day. Anyways, it's no, a personal decision. Because we have early voting, and I went on a different day. Yes. Which you should do, especially because there are crowds. Yep. I I did not wait a single minute for my early voting, but I did. I mean. Okay, so I voted Republican, which Marcus is not surprised about. But one other thing I wanted to say, too, about this um, before we talk about what's currently going on is that I have felt in the last couple of years that I wasn't sure how to feel about the fact that my husband and I vote differently. Um, And I almost thought, you know, if if you've heard the term unequally yoked, I almost thought, are we unequally yoked because we vote and think differently on those subjects? And it wasn't until like I was I was really kind of in some turmoil over it because I just didn't I wasn't sure how I should feel because obviously I think I'm right and you think you're right and so that's that's you know it's hard to navigate those feelings sometimes when you're the one you the person you love feels much differently than you do. Um, but I had a long talk with a friend, and she she had the same. She's in the same situation. She votes differently than her husband, and but they're both Christians. They both love the Lord, and um, you know, she just said, it, in the long run, you know, it, that's it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. You can still love your husband even though he votes differently than you. Not that I was not loving you anymore, but it just. I was able to just put that aside and just say, well, he's just different than, than me in that in that regard, and that's okay. And, you know, it's not, you know, in the, at the end of the day, if Joe Biden is the president, my husband is still my husband, and I still love him. If Trump is president, um, I hope my, my husband still loves me, and <laughs> that we will not, um, we will not, you know... We don't have animosity towards each other, and we never, you know, well, yeah, we just don't have, you know, we just, I don't want to say we call each other, we don't ever call each other names or anything like that, but, although sometimes, Marcus, you do lump me in, you people, (laughs) he will say that sometimes, and I, that's not always fair, because I don't want to be lumped into you people all the time, because I am still my own person, but, anyways, I have been able to reconcile the fact that, um, we do not believe the same on all of the issues at hand. So, just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I mean, we are, we believe differently. Well, no, I don't know if it's we believe differently. I guess it could be, but maybe we have different ideas for how to get to the same place. I don't know. Um, like I said, I voted for Joe Biden. Um, I am not a conspiracy theorist. And I know several conspiracy theorists, so um, I shall tread lightly as, as I speak. But I am a facts guy. Um, I am a, what am I, a one, one five eight on the Enneagram, something like that. I don't know. A one, a five, eight. Anyway, I like facts. Show me the facts. You show me the facts, and I can roll with you. But pie in the sky, you know, conspiracy theories that... I can disprove in 20 seconds, do nothing for me. I dismiss that and walk on about my business. So I don't even listen to that noise. Um, but getting rid of the conspiracy theories, um, there are a couple of reasons I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Um, the first time or this time, um, first time I voted for Hillary, uh, this time I voted for Joe Biden. Um, and I guess the biggest one to me is character. You know, I am not a perfect man. Far from it. No one on earth is perfect. Um, and I don't expect perfection from anybody. Because um, I'm largely flawed. Um, and, you know, I'm alive because of... Uh, the grace of God, um, and God grants me grace every day, every day I wake up, um, he gives me grace and favor, and so I do not expect perfection. I do expect, um, our leaders to have a moral character and behave in a certain way, um, and I know, um, Trump is big with the evangelical crowd but I firmly believe that Trump is big with the evangelical crowd not because he believes what evangelicals believe but because he is doing things they want him to do because it works for him it is expedient for him and I think if all of a sudden and I know this is not going to happen but it's just a wild theory but if all of a sudden, evangelical said, you know what? We agree that in some certain situations, abortion should be legal. We should be for abortion. Donald Trump would be for abortion. I don't think he's pro-life because he believes he should be pro-life. He's pro-life because evangelicals want him to be pro-life. Um, and I have a daughter. And I cannot tell my daughter, I mean, I could, but sort of be hypocritical. I cannot support a man who treats and speaks to women and speaks about women the way Donald Trump does. And then tell my daughter, you need to find this type of man, not like Donald Trump, but a different type of man. I can't say... Um, or you can't let a man treat you like this and then support a man who would treat her like that if they were of age or the same age or whatever. So just to pipe in with that, um, 
as you're saying, there's nobody that's perfect, and Donald Trump is full of flaws, and so are we all. There's not one person who's perfect. However, I also do believe that people can change. Um, yes, he has said things in the past. Um, I, you know, there may have been things here and there scattered throughout his presidency, but I, I, just listening to him speak, he's not the most eloquent, eloquent speaker he you know he's not he doesn't give you the politician speeches that we are sort of used to because he's not a politician he's a business person and um but i i do believe that um i i I don't i mean i could be wrong but in the past four years i don't think that he has said so many terrible things as maybe he has in his past before he became president it's that is that false? I would disagree, but you know, I don't want to well, interrupt I mean, you. I, I don't, point. No, I just, I mean, I, I just think that there's room for growth, and I think that he has learned a lot through his presence. I think that he has, um, I think he has been, you know, he 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 just does his presidency different than than what we're used to, and maybe what we we're expecting you know he, he's on twitter 24 7 and that's like weird you know because presidents don't usually go on twitter and tweet tweet things you know and i i'm not on twitter i mean I'm, i have a twitter account but i don't um twitter is confusing to me i don't know i've just never been able to figure out twitter and anytime i try to log on to my twitter account it says uh these tweets are currently not available so I'm, i just get frustrated and turn it off but so i don't i miss a lot of his tweets but um i i just i i don't think um and maybe i'm naive i don't know but i just think that people um I don't know. I don't want to say people make him out to be worse than he really is, because I don't know. We don't know how he is on a day-to-day basis and how he speaks to people. I think he comes off as crass, but deep down, I've seen pictures of him smiling with his grand- his grandkids, and, you know, I, he's a human being. He makes mistakes, and I sometimes I have to, you know, we, where do we draw the line, and where do we say, all right, you messed up, and... I'm just going to, we're going to forgive this one and, and hope for that he's going to do better. Um, and I feel like he has been doing better. So, I don't know. Yeah, see, I don't agree. Um, with that, he's been doing better. I agree that we, we you know, we're called to be graceful. And, and to forgive. And we're called to forgive. And But the other side of that is we're called to do better and we're called to be better. And but I who just is, don't. If you are a Christian. Of us, all of us. Whether you're a Christian or not, you should be. Your goal should always to be better. Um, and now and he professes to be a Christian. So his, his goal should be. We should always be working towards being better people. We're not always going to hit the mark, but we should always be working towards that. And I just don't think he does. I think he plays to a a group of people that allows him to do and say what he wants and doesn't care. Now, there's a group of people who will always support Donald Trump no matter what he does. And then... There's the the evangelicals who will support Donald Trump because he will give them the things they want, um, and they hold their nose while they vote for him. Um, and I'm just not going to be a nose holder when it comes to um, that type of thing. The president represents 
the country, not just his supporters. He represents the entire country. And so the world, I know people don't care about the world, but the world sees us as fools. They think our leader is a fool. And he, whether he's trying to or not, generally proves them right. You know, I, you know, I the way I, this is probably at the beginning, early on in his uh, presidency, um, when they were protesting in um, Charlottesville um, about white supremacy, and um, I put up a meme a few years ago. It was a bunch of white dudes with citronella torches marching through the University of Virginia, and it says something like... Um, when you love white supremacy, white supremacy but hate mosquitoes, something like that. So they are marching in Charlottesville, and I think it's Charlottesville. Hopefully, I got that right. Um, and then there are counter protesters who are protesting against white supremacy, and um, a white supremacist drove through the crowd with his car, injured several people, killed a young lady. Um, and he was asked about this at a press conference and he said instead of condemning white supremacy which is a softball softball home run it's just lobbed at you you smack it over the wall he said there are very fine people on both sides we live in a country that is built on slavery and as i i posted something on facebook last week about whatever um I think it was last week, about voting um, and black people voting. And a lot of people don't realize this. You know, our country is only a couple hundred years old. And it's only been 54 years that black people could vote without tests or restrictions. You know, they used to have the, the jelly bean test where a black person would show up at the polls and there'd be a a jar of jelly beans on the table and the election person would say how many black jelly beans are in there and they have to guess how many black jelly beans are in there and they would say nope sorry you got it wrong you can't vote or um you had to do or there was a poll tax you had to pay to vote well most black people were slaves or they were coming out of slavery so they didn't have a lot of money so they couldn't afford it or they had to own land to vote. And so it's only been 56, not 50, it's 54 years since there has been restriction-free voting for African-Americans in this country. And so to me, it is not hard to denounce something that is evil as white supremacy. Um... And he couldn't do that. And it took him years to finally be able to do that. He finally did it at, I want to say, the last presidential debate when they asked him about it. And after he hemmed and hawed, then he said, yeah, I denounce white supremacy and I uh, denounce Antifa. Whatever. Um, but Sorry, it's a little too late is what you're saying? Well, he said it because he got... And I don't. Once again, I I don't know the man's heart, but it seemed like he said it because he just wanted them to stop talking about it so he mm-hmm. could move on. Um, and to me, as a black person, those things are important. When the president of my country can't say black people 
are just as important in this country as white people, it's a problem for me. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with, with that. I mean, it's... I wish he would have said something sooner, and I'm not sure if... Um, because that's been that has been a, a gigantic conversation between Marcus and I. Like, there's most of it's just I'm very just was very naive. Um, uh, with it's just it's it's hard to talk about too, just because I don't. I mean, just because I once again I'm sort of uneducated and it's just kind of grew up in a sheltered lifestyle, um, sheltered home, and just didn't. I guess really care <laughs> but I've learned a lot more since especially since George Floyd has died and um, I you know Marcus has um, you know I there we were living in St. Cloud and it came to the point where it was even before I mean before George Floyd passed away we there was times where Marcus would make me drive at night in St. Cloud and I was like I hate driving first of all and put that out there if I could have a chauffeur for the rest of my life I'd be set but there were times where he'd be like can you just drive tonight I'm like fine I'll just drive and but he never told me why until it was maybe when closer maybe when Philando Castile died I'm not sure when he was killed but um, Marcus shared with me that he had a fear of driving at night being a black man um if you know you just it, the wrong you get the wrong police officer and, and now we're, i'm not saying this is just i feel like we're opening a can of worms here but we marcus even believes this he he says that not all police officers are bad there are so many we have friends who are police officers and they are great people and we love them um but there are just like in any and this is really just in any profession there are bad apples in the bunch right and so for him to not have to drive at night um he was just taking that risk out of his life because if i was pulled over i'm a white woman i my my risk of being shot and killed at in the middle of the night was a lot less so that risk was taken off of his plate and i took the risk instead <laughs> no i'm just kidding well but you had a better chance of making it home Right. Whole free or alive or whatever. And as April said, I'm not anti-police. I firmly believe in the police. I believe the police do good work. My father was a police mm -hmm. officer. Um, and we have a lot of great police, April said. As April said, we have friends that are police. I think a majority of the police are great um, in this honest, country. And, and they're they, honest. They and they do, they do, their, do job. their jobs. Yep. But... The different problem is you don't know which ones are the good ones or the bad ones right. until you encounter them. Yeah. You know, Chris Rock has this thing he does in one of his um, stand-up comedy things where he's talking about um, police brutality in America. And he said, you know, racism and police brutality is not something you can have in the police there can't be any bad apples in mm -hmm. the police it's like saying like flying on united and united says well most of our pilots like to land yeah. but every once in a while well, some of them just like to run into a, a mountain you can't have that all of the pilots have to land well and like i said that there's bad apples in every career we talk about teachers and teachers who um have inappropriate relationships with, ch with children i mean there's bad apples in every single you know career path that that people take and that's just part of unfortunately that's part of our sin 
nature and our sin sinful world that we live in there's just people who are not um they don't hold themselves accountable to living a good life and so that is something that you know that's you have to be accountable to yourself and to the people you are um in charge of taking care of and you know that goes for anybody who's in some sort of a leadership position but um but anyways back to our discussions when we were um you know it it just talking about you know george floyd and that really rocked me that really that really hit me hard because many times i would look at that i i i watched that video just a few times it was more than enough for me to watch it just a couple a couple times i did but there were times and you know i've i even just this week i heard people talking about him saying oh he was a thug and he was this and he was that and he was a horrible person and you know what yeah he did do some bad things but there was evidence of him trying to turn his life around and um you know unfortunately drugs are a horrible horrible thing and if he i'm not even sure did they come out and say that he had some drugs in his system i don't remember um yeah they said that he had something in his system but i'm oh, sorry go ahead Kim. well i was just gonna say you know it, it was a it was a horrible situation that he got caught up in um you know and did he deserve to die? No, because that police officer, those police officers were not his judge and his jury. Um, he should not have been forced to lay on the ground just as a human being. I would That just makes me sick to see how he was treated. Um, I don't believe anybody deserves to be treated like that. And, um, you know, I, I think that if, obviously, obviously, if the situation had been handled much differently, he would still be alive and possibly in jail, you know. But he would be alive. And, um, you know, there would have been a judge and a jury that would have been able to decide his his fate for however long. If, you know, it was a couple years in jail or if it was a 30-day sentence and a fine, you know. But it just depends on that, that. And it doesn't even matter now because of, you know, the outcome of his life. But it's so, you know, these are things that I've thought about a lot lately, too. And, um, you know, just it all gets wrapped up into politics unfortunately <laughs> um so i don't know um it, it just hit home too because that was where i was born in that in that city and to see the city um you know it just made me sad and we we had a lot of conversations about rioting and protesting and um i think marcus you said that you believe that the rioting should not have happened i think we're both in agreement that peaceful protesting is more than acceptable um if you have and it's our right um to have peaceful protests it is not our right though to burn down buildings and to hurt people and attack the people who are supposed to be protecting us either so i think you agree with that right i don't want anyone to lose their home in a riot i don't want anyone to lose their business in a riot um whenever things occur they're always going to be bad people they're always going to be the bad apples again they're the bad apples <laughs> they're people who are going to take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. uh to gain something out of it yeah and i'm not for those people i'm not for um tearing up businesses i'm not for tearing up uh, personal property i'm not for any of that what are your thoughts on the fact that i mean i I, there were white and black people rioting 
But unfortunately, the news catches a lot of the black people rioting. And, and so I know we talked about this a little bit, too, that um, that just, to me, it, it puts... It just it scares people again, like, oh, there goes those black people again rioting. And, you know, like it just it it kind of I don't know if, it, if this is the right way to say, it, but it sort of adds to a stereotype that some people view black people as being thugs. And this is like not surprising to some some people that, you know, there goes the black people taking advantage of the situation. So yeah. there all that to say that there's there's bad black people, too. Yep. I mean, there are people I mean, they're it's they're just full of sin and but there's a lot of bad white people and there's bad indian people and there's bad i mean it's just that's just our sinful nature once again but it it feeds into the narrative that we've had in this country for for many many years um and you can even i mean you can go back and look at um how we describe white suspects versus black suspects yeah um you know, white suspects are like when, you know, Dylan Roof shot up the black church in South Carolina and killed nine people. He was mentally ill. Yeah. Um, when a black person does something, they're a thug or a criminal. Yeah. And it's how we, we how we, we feed the narrative. Let me tell you, um, George Floyd is not a saint. Mm-hmm. He's not a hero. I just want to say that out now. No one is calling him a saint. No one is calling him a hero. Well, there, I mean, but, there are some people who are idolizing him, well, there, I would say. He, he's a symbol of a system that people believe continues to oppress black people. He's just the latest symbol. There have yeah. been more deaths since him. Since him. Yep. Um, there's Breonna Taylor yeah. down in Louisville who got shot in her own home. Um, because the police thought there was some drug activity going on, and as this thing continues to unfold, it's coming up to be that there was nothing in the house. I, she's dead. Yeah. I heard um, somebody say, because yeah, I think a lot of times people try to justify people's these deaths a lot, and the word but is the great equalizer is what this person I, I can't remember who it was that I heard say this but he was just he was talking about the things that have happened recently and you know they would say yeah he shouldn't have deserved to die but but he did this they bring up his past well why can't you just stop at he didn't deserve to die or she didn't deserve to die right why do we add the word but because we're trying to justify it for ourselves and make it okay in our own head that you know, they they might not have deserved to die, but they did all these things. Yeah. So they, they did deserve to die, really. I mean, yeah. that's that's what we're doing in our in our head, and that's something I've been um, I've probably have been guilty of in the past, but something I'm trying to really change and and work on. And we half the time we don't know the whole story. We do not know because the facts, not all the facts, come out. We don't know the whole story half the time. We are fed some information from media. Um, it depends on also what media source you were listening to as far as what f- facts or non-facts that you might get. And so it's not for us to pass judgment on anybody until you know a judge and jury has passed that judgment. And then ultimately, I believe God is our ultimate judge and we are going to be held accountable when we get to heaven for our thoughts for our actions um and so you know that's just something to just as a reminder to keep that in check um as you are thinking about our current um world affairs 
na- national affairs. <laughs> Not even let's we haven't even talked about the world because it's just there's just way too much going on in the United States as it is. But yeah. and um, I would, and I would say, um, <clears throat> but the word but I wouldn't even see it as an equalizer. I see it as diminishing. Mm. We use it to diminish. Like this thing happened. But had they not done this, this thing wouldn't happen. And a lot of that was used a lot for George Floyd. And like I said, he's not a hero. He's not a saint. He had a bad past. He did some bad things. Uh, I'm going to say but, but he served his time. <laughs> he did serve his time. He went time. to prison yep. and he served his time and he did what he needed to do. So at that point, his slate in a sense should be wiped clean because he did his time and he had drugs in his system when he was at the store um but <laughs> he didn't deserve it's a hard to die. word not to use and it, it it's it's he didn't deserve uh, to die on the streets of minneapolis yeah um the police were called and they said he used counterfeit money at this store um and interestingly, when the, I watched an interview of the police officer who first got there, um, and they asked him, did you verify if the money was counterfeit? And he said, no, I thought somebody else would take care of that. So they just grabbed him. And I don't want to get into all that, but um, yeah. George Floyd didn't deserve to die in the streets no. of Minneapolis like that. And people will say, oh, it's because of the drugs. And if he hadn't had the drugs in the system, he wouldn't be dead. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I do know if you kneel on someone's neck for almost nine minutes, you're probably cutting off their air circulation. I do think that um, just even a, a country as a whole, we need to, our history needs to be taught correctly and fully as well. Um, parts of, big parts, I mean, I... My husband, the historian over here, I've learned more history from my husband than I did when I was in school because there's things he knows about that are not even in our textbooks and, um, you know, that we don't, we just don't teach kids. And, uh, you know, I think if we sort of revamped our history lessons, um, there's a good chance our world might be a little bit different. Um, you know, like it just, you know, I, it's it's crazy, but we, we are all the same inside we might have different mel- melanin shades not melatonin that's what makes you go sleep right <laughs> melanin shades um but i bleed red and so does marcus you know like we our shade our skin shades are different but god made us exactly the same on the inside and it, it just Ah, it just it does break my heart to know that there's so many people who think that because you are a darker um, shade, your skin is a darker shade, that you are less of a person or less uh, valuable or less equal to you, and that you are, you have more rights because you are a lighter skin tone. That to me is just I still can't fathom why people think that way it's just but i think it's our history it's your parents the way you you your parents were raised um you know and to me still you know what marcus said earlier about the fact that black people only have been able to really legally vote for just slightly over 50 years just is insane it's just crazy to think that even you know even for us to be legally married only became uh, legal in the 1960s is 
1967. Blows my mind <laughs> that that still is, that we could have been arrested if that was, you know, if we had been alive at that time. But anyways, yeah. so I think we've kind of taken a zigzag path through politics here, but well, I think all of this stuff is very much relevant and relates to politics in different in different aspects. Yeah. And I think it's relevant. And to me, once again, it's just reasons why um, I couldn't and wouldn't um, vote for Donald Trump. As we you talked about history, there's a 1619, there's a project called 1619 Project that talks about slavery in this country that they want to teach in schools. And uh, Donald Trump is opposed to having that taught in mm-hmm. schools. You know, those are just um, things that I just can't get down with Donald Trump. It's interesting, though, because um, I was talking to my parents this morning and they said, well, what about what he's done for black colleges? He said there's been some or my dad was saying that there's been some colleges that have reached out to him and said, hey, we need some financial help. Can you help us this year? And my dad said, um, I and I haven't verified this story, but maybe Marcus, you know about this, that these um, Donald Trump said, why would I just help you this year? I'm going to help you the next 10. They give you a few thousand more than just a few thousand dollars. I'm going to help you out. So, well, that was a. Um a training program and he did do that um he he uh assisted a couple of programs with um some financial means um the cynic in me says he did that to court the the black vote and um interestingly i i read i think it was today or yesterday um he actually gained um two percent um, among the the black vote, two percent is not a lot, um, considering only thirteen percent of the United States is African American. But he gained two percent, um, eighty in what year? We're in twenty twenty now. So in twenty sixteen, eighty two percent of black men voted for Hillary Clinton. In twenty twenty, so far they they're estimating that. 80% voted for Joe Biden. So, two extra percent voted for Donald Trump. Probably because of uh, his uh, criminal reform, uh, which is good. Um, He's also, I mean, I'm just looking at like the WhiteHouse.gov um, page, and there, there, there's a, a bullet point on here that says African American unemployment has recently achieved the lowest rate ever recorded. Now, I don't know if Donald Trump has a whole lot to do with that, but. Well, unemployment. You know, I mean, partly. Un- unemployment is low for everybody. Uh, well, not now, because COVID's going up, so it's, it's a little <laughs> higher now. Uh, but it was low for everybody. And mm. the other side of that he doesn't tell you about is most of those people who are employed, who, who got employed, are working in low-wage jobs. So, great, you got a job, but you're making 8 bucks an hour, which isn't going to do much for you, which is another topic that's here in Florida, but, you know, that, that's, a, that's a different topic. So, we've talked a little bit about um, some some things that um, Trump has said that you don't agree with. Now, there are stories of Biden saying some things when he was younger as well, talking about how he didn't want his children to go to school with black people, and um, that he would not I mean, I think it was, did he even call them animals at one point? I mean, it was... No. No? And that, once again, we got the misinformation going on. What he said back in, I think it was 1971, maybe it was 72, um, they were talking about um, integrating busing. They were talking about taking 
poor black kids and busing them to middle class and higher class neighborhood schools so they could ostensibly get a better education. And Joe Biden said, you know, if we go down this path, we're going to end up, um, I don't want to say the right thing. He said, we're going to end up with, um, it's going to be like a jungle, something like that. Yeah. Um, and he said he didn't want his kids to go to school in a jungle. And the problem is they took that little snippet and they said, oh, Joe's racist. But what he was saying, and you got to read the whole thing and then you'll see what he said. What he was saying was simply busing poor kids to nicer neighborhoods isn't going to solve a problem. What we need to do is we need to integrate housing. We need to have black families moving into white neighborhoods so their children can be a part of the neighborhood and they can go to the schools that they're in the neighborhood with. Now, um, during the Democratic debates, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, who happens to be his vice president, um, brought up busing um, as a way to attack him. Um, and Joe is not the most articulate. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ding Trump on being inarticulate because Joe is sometimes inarticulate as well. But uh, other moments, you're like, what did you just say? <laughs> but say that again. Joe was not saying that to be racist. Joe was saying that to say, simply busing kids into good neighborhoods is not going to work. We need black families to move into those neighborhoods. So the quote, the exact quote, I just looked it up, is unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being a racial jungle with tensions having built so high that it is going to explode at some point. We have got to make some move on this. Right. And that's a little snippet they take out. But if you if you read the whole thing and look into the background, he's talking about housing, integrating housing, not just um, moving kids into busing kids into black neighborhoods from black neighborhoods into white neighborhoods and then after school send them back to their poor neighborhoods we need to float the boat so they can move into those neighborhoods and consequently i'd have to look this up but i don't think there's a large black population in delaware where he he lives um so i don't know that that would be an issue for jungles or whatever but i don't think joe biden is a racist joe worked in um, Congress um, on race issues. He worked on women's issues. So I don't have a problem with Joe in that regard. Um, I do have a problem with Trump in that regard because he has a history of, of making statements. I mean, you can go all the way back into the 80s to the Central Park Five when five kids... Now, admittedly, doing things they shouldn't have been doing, as kids tend to do, they're in um, Central Park, got in trouble... And they got accused of beating and raping a woman. And ultimately, the kids were found guilty and sent to prison for between 5 and 13 years. Um, and in prison, they professed their innocence. Donald Trump took out a full-page ad in the New York Times calling for the death penalty for these five teenagers. Years later, after most of them had gotten out of jail, one was still in jail because he got in trouble while he was in jail. The guy who actually committed the crime confessed to the crime. And ultimately, he the last guy was let out of jail. All five were exonerated. Um, there is a, a movie you can watch. I think it's called Central Park Five. Good movie. Um, 
And even after they were exonerated, he says he didn't believe that they were not guilty. Even though the guy confessed that he did it, he still said they were guilty and they were thugs and they deserved a death penalty. So, I don't have no love for Donald Trump in, in that regard. Now, I will say, he did work on criminal justice reform, which is a good thing. Um, our jails are filled with people who have done low-level things or they got caught with marijuana or, or stuff like that. And conversely, Joe Biden was a part of that. Um, he was a part of that tough-on-crime um, era in the 90s with the Clintons and other people, um, Newt Gingrich and all those guys who wanted to get tough on crime. We got the three strikes laws. And so, we, you know, we filled our jails with people for low level crimes, and those crimes disproportionately affect black people. Um, back in the 80s and 90s, when cocaine was a, a big thing. If you got caught with cocaine in powder form, you got less time in jail than if you got caught with crack. Same drug, just in a different form. Now, cocaine, the powder, is more expensive. So only That's the, what the rich, only white, the rich people white people could afford. could afford. The crack, black people could afford. And they got penalized greater. Um... And even though, you know, as I talked about earlier about the black people and being able to vote, technically there's still, um, I guess I guess they call it a poll tax on people in the United States that once again disproportionately affects black people. Here in Florida, um, in 2018, um, the citizens of Florida voted to allow felons who had served their time to get their voting rights back before you, you if you were a felon in a lot of places in America if you're a felon you've lost your right to vote forever so in Florida the people decided as long as they've done their time we are going to allow them to vote again and then excuse me the Republicans in Florida decided they didn't like that so they passed a law that said well you can only vote as a felon if you have paid all your fines and fees. Then you can vote. Well, a lot of people have fines and fees, astronomical fines and fees. The other part of that was they couldn't really tell you how much money you owed. So once again, we're in the, the poll tax where in order to vote, you've already jumped one hurdle. You've done your time. But now, in order to vote, you have to pay... To, if to we're going to have that sort of a man, I don't know, is that a mandate, a law? I don't even know. What did you say? It's a law? Or yeah, just a, they passed a law. Um, I mean, really, then we should just make that equal and say, if you have a library, fine. You shouldn't be able to vote until you get that paid off. I mean, we don't let people check out more library books until that's paid off. What about if you owe taxes? What if, I mean, so we've got we've to decide one way or the other, I think what's yeah. going to be acceptable and what's not. But yeah, I do believe just like, um, you know, we talked about George Floyd. He did his time. He, you know, he did some bad things. Yeah. And he did his time, though. And so it's just kind of like, I mean, if we want to kind of bring it full circle, it's like just how Christ died on the cross for us. Jesus died on the cross for us. We are full of sin. We are, we don't deserve anything. 
but because we believe that Jesus died on the cross for us and that he shed and paid the ultimate, he shed his blood and paid the ultimate price and, and paid all of our fines due to our sin, that we now have eternal life. And shouldn't we be modeling that as citizens of the United States as well? You know, I mean, it's we're supposed to be like Christ. Yeah. So a, uh, this last election that we had um, a few days ago, um, LeBron James and Michael Jordan and several other athletes, most of them um, black, <laughs> raised and spent their own money and paid off twenty seven million dollars in fines and fees. So felons, all felons in Florida could vote. Mm. Um, so give back to their to the community yeah um so you know those are like i said the crime bill um i give him credit for that um he did that and a lot of people are grateful for uh kim kardashian worked with him to get um i know of one lady that got out of jail um, There's a man too that she worked for that or worked with to get him out. Of, I remember seeing a story about that. Now I'm I am not a I'm not a not fan of Kardashians. I just don't care really. <laughs> I'm not into reality TV, so I don't care. But um, I applaud Kim for her work that she has done in criminal justice reform and her going to school to uh, work on law and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I applaud her for that. And her work that she did with the president, I give him his credit for that. And, you know, credit credit is due to him for, for, for that work. Um, but outside of that, I, I just can't. I can't vote for him. And I can't vote for... Um, his policies um, I don't think you know he gave everyone a tax break and we're all excited about it and it comes out it's like $40 a month that you got extra in your check and now in six years you're gonna have to pay for that unless whoever the president is at the time extends his tax break meanwhile corporations got billions of dollars um, in tax breaks and the rich get richer I don't have a problem with rich people. I would like to be rich. I would like to know what it is to be rich and not have to worry about anything. I don't have a problem with rich people. But I believe, um, the old saying goes, um, to, um, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. I, my brain is addled today. Um, but, uh, blame it on the sickness. Yeah. Uh, basically, when you have more, more is expected of you. Yeah, too much um, is given, much is owed, or yes, much is owed, right? Yes. Is that the saying? That's it. Um, and so I think, great, you're rich. I want to be rich too, but I'm not there yet. And you are. So you have more money. I'm not saying you have to give all your money because you've earned your money. But you, um, I think you have a responsibility to do more and give more than lower income people. And... Um, once again, this is, I guess we're steering back into politics. Um, the dog is snoring, um, <laughs> I guess. Um, evangelicals, even Christians, um, they say, oh, we can never vote for a Democrat because Democrats are pro-choice. Um, and that's a, that's a, a, you can spend another whole episode on just the pro-life versus pro-choice. I wanted to just get your thoughts on that because that, 
and maybe I'll get dinged on this, but that is a big, a very big reason that I have voted Republican. Um, and a lot of it's just the way I grew up that those darn Democrats, they are, they're totally for abortion. And they think that they're all baby killers, right? Well, and that they're, you know, like they don't believe in conception that life happens at conception and, you know, and, and as I've grown, um, older and just, you know, with the fertility issues that we've had and, um, for me, it's just heartbreaking when I, when I see women who get pregnant so easily and then get rid of their, their fetus, as many of them call it, I call it a baby, but that's heartbreaking for me because I wanted that for so long. And so for me to see an abortion happen breaks my heart. I, that is something that has been near and dear to me. I want to forget the time, the first times I saw pictures of what an abortion was. I was a young child. I think, I don't know why, but they had, um, I must have been somebody speaking at a church. I mean, I was really young and they had some uh, pamphlets that showed what abortion was. And I probably shouldn't have seen those pictures, but it definitely, I mean, I don't remember a lot about my childhood. There's certain things I just, I don't know. I just, my brain doesn't remember that, but I do vividly remember seeing those pictures and thinking to myself, why could somebody ever kill somebody like that you know like we we say that murder is wrong and so why is it why is an unborn child any different and i know people have lots of views on that and i'm not here to debate, <coughs> debate that but my and i you know it's my podcast so i get to say what i want to but <laughs> um i you know and there's there are you know there's it's hard because there are some I, I don't know if it's we want to say gray areas but you know there is the situation of rape there is the situation of incest um that you know like there's you know and there's also the situation of a baby that's possibly not going to make it or is going to be born with severe um handicaps or impairments in their life and who is it our is it our right to decide that baby's future because of those things? I, I don't know. Like, there's certain certain parts in it that says, no, that's, you know, who's to say that you're not you're not murdering or killing or aborting a person who is, that God is going to put into a great position of leadership someday in their life? Like, I, I just, I know, I, I, uh, but anyways, one thing that Republicans and our and conservatives need to work on we've had this conversation marcus is that yes we are pro-life and we want to um curb as many abortions and educate you know people in that and but what do we do once we've curbed that those abortions what are we doing to help these mothers who have had babies yeah that is a huge huge issue and, and i think that's 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 one of the biggest issues um and i will say just so um i've had time i'm pro-life i believe in the sanctity of life um as april said you know we struggle to have kids we are blessed with one and yeah same thing i i just i just i don't see how that for myself i can't see aborting a child when um so many people would i don't want to say so many people would but people would gladly take um the child um but the issue is that it's we haven't made it easy for adopting in this country we have not made it easy for um 
you know, people who are in foster care, kids who are in foster care. We've just not made it easy for our country to, for because I believe there are many people out there who are willing to adopt, but it's expensive. It's like 20, I mean, it's like the price of a brand new car. Yeah. So if you're, if you can afford that or you are willing to take out a loan to adopt, you know, through private adoption, then, you know, go for it. But like Marcus and I, we can't afford that, but we would gladly open up our home to another child. And, you know, thankfully there are some state programs you know we've we've actually done a lot of research recently in the past uh year on adoption and our i don't know if the cat out of the bag slightly but we are headed down that road we are we are looking into adoption well, it's in, not slightly yeah well we are we are and the bag is open the bag is open, open the bag. <laughs> i think um evangelicals not all of them but a lot of them are I, I I I would say they're pro birth, not necessarily pro life. Mm. And I think the difference is we want the babies to be born, but then what happens afterwards, as you said earlier. Right. Um, what are we doing to help the mothers who are I'll, having these babies? And I think if you institute um, different steps, like we've cut social programs, we've cut programs that help. Um, women in this situation Um, obviously there's always going to be someone who is taking advantage of the system that's just how the world works but for the most part there are women who need help Um, and if you give them hope just saying don't abort your baby you should have the baby Okay, great. What happens after that? That that, that poor mother is probably thinking to themselves. They they're thinking to themselves. I can't afford to take care of a baby, and so this is the easiest option for me right now is to yeah have an abortion because it's just cheap and free in many in many instances, and so that's where we are uh, failing. Hmm? I don't know about the price, but well, I mean, um, I just I think it depends on where you go but, but yeah, like I said we, we are failing in that situation yes. and so if we if we want to save babies we have to not only want them to be born but we have to do things to assist them um, assist the mothers um, to help them on their feet once again I am a physical physical fiscal I believe in fiscal conservatism um, when we lived in Minneapolis and I was a property manager one of the biggest pet peeves I had um, was Section 8 because once you got on Section 8 you could stay there forever as long as you didn't make too much money and I had tenants where you know the rent was $1,500 a month and they were paying $75 so Section 8 was paying $1,425 of their rent um, and then we had to jump through, jump through a bunch of hoops um, to be eligible for that. So, um, I've always had a plan. I'm not a politician, but my, I've had a plan that said everybody on Section 8 gets two years. You get two years to better yourself. We will provide community college and we will help you down the path to get you on uh, the net path to self-sufficiency. Um, and then either you do it in two years whether you do it or not, you're off the program. So you got to work towards that. So we have to have things in place to help people. We can't just simply have babies born and then they're in poverty or 
um, they're living in slums or they can't eat um, because their mother isn't making it because their dad, unfortunately, may be a deadbeat and he's not around. So mom is taking care of all this stuff by herself or maybe vice versa. Mom took off, dad's by himself. Either way. And I think, well, I think our education needs to be for females and males because it does take two to tango. Yes. And um, we need to hold men accountable for their actions as well. You know, it's easy for them to, um, you know, be the player or, you know, get their get their game on. But it's much easier for them just to walk away and not take responsibility. But we need we need good, honorable men who are willing to take care of and stand up for their responsibilities. And we do need that. But and, we need training. Yeah, we need we need education. And unfortunately, and need, it's not happening at home. It no. should be happening at home. Yeah, but it's not. So, so it needs to be in school. And we need to have yeah. Well, we just need to break that cycle somehow. You know, I don't I don't know if I have all the answers for that, but there is a cycle that needs to be broken as far as that's concerned. And right, um, education. Yeah. We have to educate people. We have to educate kids, and that means we have to we have to help their parents. If they're especially if they're single mothers, get out of that poverty system. And you know, yeah. as, as we said, as I said earlier in Florida, they recently the voters passed to raise the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour in six years. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be six years. Now people will say the minimum wage job is not for living. It's for young people, and it's just for starting out. And um, for the most part, I agree with that. But Unfortunately, there are people who are just in that situation. There are single mothers who are in that situation where they have to work. Maybe they are a teenager or they're 18 and they got a kid. They've got to work. And minimum wage just doesn't cut it. You know, I I read, I think it was yesterday, the current Florida minimum wage is $8.64. Now, where we live in the Panhandle, it's very touristy, so a lot of people are not making that here. They're making more because it's tourist area. But in other parts of Florida, it's $8.64. Minimum wage covers 69% of the cost of living in Florida. So that means if you have a minimum wage job and you have a family, you have kids, you're working two jobs Mm -hmm. to make your ends meet, which means your kids are probably home alone at some point during the day. I would say we we both have higher paying jobs and we're still (laughs) working multiple jobs to pay to uh, be able to live here. Well, and, and, you know, if she's working one job or two, you know, she's trying to make her ends meet, she's trying to feed her kids and maybe their kids, maybe the kids' only meal is coming at school because they got to pay for rent and transportation and all these other things. So, social services are necessary and that is not something that the Republican Party likes to get behind. And so, yeah, well, that's something I can, I can I... jump on board with because I think the Republican Party needs to be responsible for that. We need to figure out ways, uh, you know, I say we, but and I don't, I'm not sure how I can be a part of that. But um, I think just I, as a being a teacher and trying to teach being how to be a responsible person um, to elementary school kids and make good choices. We talk about making good choices at school all the time. And, you know, so hopefully that's something that sticks in their mind. But um, 
Yeah. So, anyways, that's just. I mean, we could just keep going on and on about lots yeah. of these things. We can talk about lots of. Things. I can talk politics all day. Every day. <laughs> so, if you want to have a conversation with Marcus, his phone number is eight five. Just kidding. No. <laughs> right. But know. no, really, he Marcus would love to dialogue with you if right. you want and to have the, a pol- the, political. Those are my. Those are my ideas. Those are my reasons. Uh, yeah. And um, one last thing I will say about politics and um, evangelicals and abortion in all of this is abortion is probably an issue on the local level. It is not a national issue. And I say that because if it was really a national issue, abortion would be illegal already. One, I mean, it's a, it's a law of the lands. Roe v. Wade makes abortion legal. The government can pass a law to make abortion illegal. In 2016, well, 2017, after he took office. So when Donald Trump took office in 2017, Republicans had the White House, they had the Senate, and they had the House of Representatives for two years. Republicans, and they had uh, the Supreme Court because they had the majority on the Supreme Court. So for two years, every branch of government in the United States was run by conservatives. Why wasn't anything and not done? And one person brought a bill forward to overturn Roe v. Wade because it is not a national issue. It is a talking point. Mm-hmm. It's a talking point for politicians to keep people info- to keep people riled up and get them to vote for them because, I hey, I'm the pro-life candidate. I'm going to be the one who protects life. But they get there and they don't do anything. So, yeah. that's good. That's positive. But, all this to say... I am not a fan of Donald Trump. <laughs> I did not vote for Donald Trump the first time. I did not vote for Donald Trump the second time. And if for some crazy reason he lost this time and decided to run again, somebody said that to me. Was like, I don't, if he lost, I think he'll just run again in four years, which doesn't make sense to me because he can only have one term then. Because you can only serve president two terms yeah. total, period, whatever. He's also said if he loses, he's just going to move out of the country. So yeah. Might um, not be able to. So I wouldn't vote for him a third time. I just don't think he represents the values of this country. Um, I think he represents the values of Donald Trump. And um, I don't think he is good for our I, country. And I can, think, I, can I just say, though, I, I, I think many people overall... <laughs> would prefer that there was actually two completely different candidates in general. I mean, sure. we're, I, I feel like I don't I mean, there might be some Democrats who just absolutely love Joe Biden, but I feel like there's probably a lot of Democrats out there that um, are voting for Joe Biden because they hate Donald Trump. Not because yeah. they love Joe Biden either. Well, I mean, so, Joe Biden's no Barack Obama. I mean, to, well, and to me, it's like, you know, I mean, and this may be the, I don't know enough, maybe, but Joe Biden's been in politics for 47 years, and, like, maybe it's just time for you to retire, and we should get somebody else in. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, I so... I mean, that could be said for a lot of people. I mean, it, right. And that, that is a, that's a whole other thing. Like, Mitch why McConnell don't we have term limits on his, some of these people who Mitch are McConnell. career politicians? Politicians. He just got reelected in Kentucky for his seventh Why term. Why is a that senator. okay? I just think that we need to have some. I. Some we of should have term limits. Yes. When we lived in Nevada, I will agree with that. They had state term limits. You could only run for office for a position three times. You could only hold that position for three cycles, and then after that, well, someone else in. Someone else got to go in. 
So yep. I agree. We should have. Um, and that, I think that's motivation for you to get what you are running for. You get your job done. I think that's great motivation. You know, and and there are some good politicians who have done a lot and who have been elected several times. But there's a lot who just sit on their hands and they're just there to look pretty. I think too. You know, mm-hmm. they're not doing a whole lot these days. It's like, all right, well, let's move you on out because there's a lot of smart and young people who are coming up who would make great politicians and. You know, we've got to we got to keep that as an open, yep. uh, have an open mind about that as well. So, but so I am hoping <sighs> that by the end of this week, Joe Biden is president elect and will be sworn into office on January twentieth, twenty twenty one. Because the guy I voted for, because um, I once again I just don't think Donald Trump is good for this country. I think he brings out the worst in this country, um, and. Even if he's gone, even if he gets voted out of office, there will be lingering effects of his presidency, and not for the good. Uh, but with all that said, I still pray for the president. I still pray for Donald Trump um, that he would do what God wants him to do. And um, I will, if if Biden, I'll say this too: if Biden does become president um i will be praying for him as well because i think that god can use the people we don't care for (laughs) just like i think god has used trump in many ways too that we are maybe unaware of or or have not been been made aware of but um i mean it is in the bible that we are to respect our authority and that we should pray for them and um you know i think you know it's 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 you know, we have to be responsible and do our civic duty to vote. Um, but ultimately, there is one ruler and one king, and that is um, Jesus Christ. And he is on the throne. He's on the throne. And he is the ultimate um, person that I submit to. And, um, you know, I, I just I, I take some comfort in that. Um Regardless of who's president, I take a lot of comfort in that, you know, and um, I, I know that he has has a plan for my life. He has a plan for Marcus's life and he has a plan for Biden's life. He has a plan for Trump's life. You know, he's he, he already knows the outcome of of the future. And, um, you know, we still have to play a part in that future in in. You know, by making we still have free will. You know, we can we can make our own decisions, but um, God is always one step ahead of us, and He has written written the book, so to speak. He sort of knows the end. We, I mean, we know the end game. We know what's going to happen in the end, and all we can do is um, be accountable for ourselves, for our own actions. We can pray for people that we we can pray for our enemies. You know, whether you feel like the opposite political party is your enemy or you just don't agree with people um you know one thing that i just want to mention too is i've been uh, saddened by the amount of people who um because you don't agree with them automatically delete you as a friend i think that that's terrible and i want to say that i have not deleted anybody as a friend and I'm not, you know, I don't know. That That's also just on you. But I haven't deleted anybody. I choose instead to scroll by and to not comment because ultimately your friendship means more to me than your political views. So that is my two cents on, on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. I have unfriended some people. I'm going to say it. I have. <sighs> but not because of their 
political views because everyone has different political views um, and how you believe is how you believe and, and I don't fault anybody for that um, I've unfriended a couple people um, one because there's one lady and I'm not going to mention her name but she kept interjecting herself into conversations on Facebook which is fine because that's what Facebook is for Facebook is a social media platform people interject themselves but she would always say I'm not racist and we're like no one called you a racist but she kept saying it and so to me I think if you have to keep telling people you're not a racist maybe it's something you need to look at yeah. Um, and then another one, other person I um, unfriended uh, who I've known for many many years um, because he um, treated another friend of ours that I, we've known for many many years um, terribly and he wrote something to him that um, I thought was beyond the pale especially considering this person was a leader to me and this other person um, and so I, I just didn't think it was appropriate to be friends with him anymore on Facebook but I have lots of friends on Facebook I don't I have like 200 friends um, but <laughs> um, and I know all of them I've met all of them but I have a wide swath of political um, ideas on Facebook and I like debating people on Facebook um, and I'm very happy to have them on Facebook because even though we are different separately or we are different politically we still have a lot of things in common and um, we are friends and so that's okay life does not revolve around politics it, it shouldn't doesn't. it shouldn't it, it does really not. shouldn't it I revolves around the Green Bay Packers uh, no not that either revolves around just to remind you the Vikings kicked the Packers butt yeah, in this last game they're still two and five it don't and matter they only won by six it doesn't the, matter yeah well we're gonna go to playoffs and the Vikings are not okay, so well, whatever. That's, that's what you guys think about <laughs> but um, yeah life doesn't revolve around politics um, politics I think are important in life but there are so many other things that are important in life so uh, now that you've gone on cast your vote watch CNN Fox News whatever you're watching I have uh, on, you know what, who, PBS, I, who I have unfriended um, is all the news news sites until because. we figure out who's going to be president <laughs> is. and then go out and live your life and hang out yeah. with your friends and your family and be nice to people Thanksgiving yeah. coming up, so think about what you're going to be thankful for yeah. for the year. What do you? What's what? How can you show gratitude towards others and be thankful? And yeah. be, just be kind and just have a good time. Invite some people over. Yeah, have a party. We're gonna have a party at our house. Smoke a turkey or two, um, and just just do it up big. Um, so that's it. That's our political podcast we would uh, just to put this out there we would love to have com more conversations too if if we have left uh, a stone covered <laughs> so to speak most we have left it turned some stones should be uncovered you know or left i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say but mm. um you know if there's if you have comments or thoughts we would love to um not debate you but just to have a conversation as well um on 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 some of the topics that we may have talked about or if you feel like we've missed something that we maybe should have brought up um i don't plan on doing too many more political uh, episodes because be no no because I don't think that <laughs> you know it's we got a little reprieve I mean it is it is it is a, apropos of the right word because of the week that we are in that we talked yeah. about politics but yeah. this there is not be a lot of no this is not going to be 
a limited core talk. Yes. I can't talk anymore. Because... Uh, um, but we'll talk about other things, about relationships yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but... So... Thanks for hanging out with us. One thing that we always do at the end of our... Are you trying to end before we do our good things I for was, the week? Um, oh, because, come on, Marcus. Because I'm tired. Um, <laughs> no. Um, what is your one good thing? Because I hadn't even thought of anything. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I will tell you what my good... Because I actually am prepared this time. Because I'm always not prepared. No. Um, I just wanted to say that, you know, Halloween... Um, now, I'm not... <laughs> here we go. I'm not a huge supporter of Halloween. However, my daughter, you know, she's a kid, and um, that was... She she enjoys dressing up and whatnot. But um, actually, the day before Halloween, we had a great harvest festival at our church um, where we just had a lot... I mean, I had, I had a great time. I, you know, it, it was kind of it was a, the end of a long week, and the last thing I wanted to do was drive 40 minutes to Destin. But I'm glad I did because we had some really great conversations with some adults. <laughs> which was really nice and Caitlin had a great time and um, and then the next day um, Marcus had to work and so I took Caitlin trick-or-treating and um, our neighborhood is not really known for trick-or-treaters um, <laughs> we get on Facebook and they're like yeah we handed out Katie like five kids and we're like alright because we're used to some bigger neighborhoods back in Minnesota with, you, you could knock on every door in the neighborhood on the street and there'll be someone there to hand out candy but so we were trick-or-treating via facebook i was looking on facebook and they're like come get candy at this address and said so drive put it in the gps drive over there real quick and after the first couple of houses one of the ladies said um have you heard of this neighborhood and i said no she's like well you you should probably figure out where it's at and head over there because you will be surprised at what you see and i was so i did i figured it out and i was as we got closer and closer to the neighborhood i was like where are all these cars coming from and they were like parked out kind of outside the neighborhood on this on the side roads and so we drove in thankfully i found a parking spot pretty easily and i could not believe i've never this is not even comparable to what i've seen in minnesota but the just hundreds of people <laughs> trick-or-treating in this neighborhood. so caitlin and i had a great time it was just a good bonding time for us too and um i think she had a lot of fun and in fact she she got to the point where she said um I think we can go now. <laughs> Usually she's kind of gung-ho and will be, you know, ready to hang out for longer. But she's like, my feet are starting to hurt. We walked probably six or seven blocks of of uh, neighborhood, big, long blocks. And uh, she was she was done. But anyways, <coughs> so that was my good thing for the week was, even though we're not big Halloween people, we do allow our daughter to trick-or-treat um, in moderation. And uh, she had a good time so yeah um i guess i'll piggyback the fall fest was good um i, I wasn't planning to further wasn't planning to go and then i thought well i'll go because i work in destin um and i'll just hang out for maybe a half hour and then i'll go home because um, i was tired and i ended up staying the whole time yeah we had some fun we had a good time talking to people um caitlin had a good time she ran a, a booth yep she's at the age um, now where she's was able to help so she was helping yeah and so yeah that was a good time that was a good thing um this past week so yeah um this was a long one but that's okay <laughs> listen to the whole thing don't skip <laughs> or are you gonna know because it's at the very don't end don't skip <laughs> um, but yeah if you have any questions you can contact us on our socials you can email us at the the relationship burrito at gmail.com and we will get back to you but other than that have a great week this week. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time.
which will be next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.